Today on the podcast, we are lucky enough to have a couple who's coming in to tell about their experience in therapy. They're going to talk about their relationship and how their dynamics that were developed pretty early on that they weren't necessarily aware of and the insights that they've gained throughout the process and really just talk about the hope and that things can change. And so it's just a really wonderful story. They're very genuine and there's there's a deep love between them and it's just really wonderful to hear. So please stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. And just thank you for tuning in and for listening. We are so grateful to our audience and just all of the amazing positive feedback we hear from you every day and your questions. So thank you. You give us a lot of information on what podcast we could do next. Absolutely. And we are very excited today. Once in a while, we get lucky enough where a couple who's working at our center, who's who's come in, is willing to sort of come in and and share a little bit about their experience. And we find that this is this you know it's just super useful because couples that are out there often have a lot of barriers to coming to couples counseling, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they don't even really know what to expect. And oftentimes when we are lucky enough to have somebody come in and tell us about their experience and sort of, you know, what they've noticed in their relationship and what they've noticed personally, it's just a great way for people to understand more deeply the process and also, you know, hear the possible positive things that might come out of the experience of couples counseling. And this is one of the reasons for me, because I think a lot of couples who are struggling feel powerless or hopeless that things can't change. And so really having couples on sharing their story, how EJ and I share our story, that there's hope. Yeah. So we'd like to uh, welcome Lou and Ginny to Relationship Renovation. Hi, guys. How are you this morning? Well, thank you. So first, can you just give us a little breakdown of like, hey, this is who we are This is how long we've been together. This is our family, you know, just the sort of nuts and bolts of who you guys are. Okay. So Lou and I have been married for 49 years. It'll be 50 years and Groundhog Day in February. (laughs) That's great. And we come from Connecticut area and um, we have a daughter, grown daughter, and we've had um, an interesting life. We've had a lot of fun things. We've done a lot of fun things together. Um, We've always been high school sweethearts, I guess you might say. And uh, so we retired five years ago, and we kind of were hit with one family tsunami after another every year since then. And then we kind of got derailed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you, so you guys met Lou in, in high school? Mm-hmm. Typing class. Typing class. I love it. Typing Manual typewriter. Keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Not keyboarding. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about meeting Jenny and just like what that was like as a, as a young man? Uh, yeah. When I walked into class, she was sitting uh, right second from the last row. And I remember walking in and looking at her and saying, wow, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. <laughs> so I sat right in front of her. Yeah. Yeah. How did you how did you get her attention? By beating her on every assignment that we had. <laughs> Competitiveness. Jenny is shaking her head. No, he didn't. No, because I had, you, you I had the most amount of errors. <laughs> you deduct the errors and he did not win. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys start talking like right away or Yes. Uh, she had her friend was right next to her, so her friend was very outgoing. 
she yeah. kind of pushed things along. Yeah. yeah, and and I found out that our our families knew one another, oh, wow. kind of. Well, my, it's a small town. It's a small town, and um, his dad was older than my mom and dad, but they went to school together. And um, my dad had a dairy business, so his family were customers. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, and then he and his uh, sister used to take uh, horseback riding lessons from my aunt and uncle. So, yeah. Wow. So had like a lot of ties. How long were you guys... Did you guys start dating pretty quickly after you first met? Hmm. It was, yeah, school had started. Yeah, I went to a movie. Yeah. Not not too long after. Yeah, after that. He had a friend. We had a friend. He asked me to the prom, and I was all excited to go. Even though I met Lou, I was still excited to go because I hadn't dated that much. And um, I had that profound influence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then our friend found out that Lou wanted to ask me out, and so I... He backed out, and I was like, okay, guess well, that's all right. And you guys went <laughs> but, to prom together? Um, no, we didn't go to prom, because it wasn't his prom. Oh, I hated dancing. This, yeah, yeah. He didn't like it. Yeah. Wait, so all. did you end up going to prom with the other I guy? Did, I didn't, because he knew that Lou... Oh, He knew wow. that Lou wanted to... Ask you out. Yeah. He was one of my best friends. Yeah. He, he was pretty cool. So, that, yeah. is, that is so sweet. Yeah, it was kind of sweet. He didn't want to disrespect. No. Yeah. So, And I was disappointed, but it was okay. I was still happy to... Yeah. So yeah. you guys were like 16, 17 years old. Oh, yeah. We, I was she eight. was 15. Yeah. We yeah. Wow. And when we got married, I was 18 and Lou was 20. Wow. And wow. I couldn't wait to get out of the house. Yeah. Well. You loved Lou and you also wanted to get out of the house. Yeah, yeah I Well, did. no, I, yeah. I didn't. I had a good life. My clothes were done. My food was on the right. table. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. was spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then how soon did you guys have your daughter? Four years. Yep. After. Four years. Mm-hmm. Wow. So young like married 20. and then young parents as well. Yeah, we we enjoyed each other. We decided we didn't want to have any kids right away or we wanted to get to know one another. And I think we had to prove to all your aunts that we didn't have to get married. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> back then that was a big thing. <laughs> they, they you like have to get married. Oh, yeah, that's why yeah. they got married so, so young because... Yeah. Pregnant at the altar. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of family changes at that time. My parents um, had moved, so... I have three older siblings, and they all had gotten married within like, you know, a year or two apart. Yeah. And so my, the one closest to me, my older sister, two years older than me, she got married. And my parents had a place in Vermont, lived in Connecticut, had a place in Vermont that we used to go to. And my dad wanted very desperately to move there. Mm -hmm. So they did the day after wow. the wedding. And I had a job, and I was out of school. Never told you, though. But didn't really tell me. So it was my parents kind of had a rough time. I, had, I have a younger sister, too. Yeah. They just kind of had a rough time. And, yeah, so I was kind of there holding, I you said, know, so, okay, where do I go? Go with your aunt. So I stayed with my aunt. And, yeah, I don't know, we, we managed through. Yeah. Survivors here. Yeah. yeah. So then, I mean, this is a big jump, but it's kind of, you know, what we're here to talk about is, you know, you guys – raised a family, were I assume professionals, and then retired. And then you guys decided to come to couples counseling, like what, like six six months ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, when we retired, we knew we weren't gonna retire in Connecticut. So um, we had purchased a home here. Um, my sister, my older sister had a place here and we purchased a home. We said, well, well we're gonna you know, bring all our stuff to Arizona, and then we're going to figure out if we want to buy a place back in New England. Uh, we ended up buying an RV instead, so we could not go back to the same place, but move around, mm -hmm. which that. has worked out really well for us. 
So, like I said, it, the year we retired, we had a death in the family, unexpected, tragic, suicide. tragic mm-hmm. death in the family. And, um, and then we had difficulties with our daughter. Raising her was challenging, and we still, we still struggle, yeah. kind of an estranged relationship with her okay. and her family. And then it just a series of other things, like my mom's elderly and just a series of other things. And yeah, we had an opportunity to go to Mexico. So we went to Mexico and stayed with my brother a little bit too long. <laughs> <laughs> and then you came back and said, we need to... Well, we actually, Lou came back. Lou came back by himself and Jenny stayed down there for a while. And we just took a little break and realized something's... And you know, yeah. before that, like those five years that we were retired... We found it very challenging to talk to one another. We couldn't communicate. And we kept saying, is it our age? Is our hearing going? What's going on? We just yeah. could not. The misinterpretation was frustrating. Yeah. And it built. It sounds like you guys went through a lot of transition in a short amount of time. A death in the family, you know, a suicide, which makes it even more complex and sad and retirement and moving and going to Mexico. I mean, so a lot of transitions in a short amount of time. And and that's like one of the biggest things we see with our couples, you know, is that they lose that connection during transition because they don't know how to, they don't know quite how much it does affect them. How are you making sense of it, Lou? Like what, you know, over this prolonged period, you're going into retirement and all of a sudden it seems like you guys are not matching up. How did you make sense of it? I didn't. I was the one that struggled. We drove down to Mexico, and uh, I just got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. And uh, I uh, I drove 18 hours straight back alone through Sinaloa, Mexico, which wasn't the smartest thing I ever done. But, um, and I knew I had to do something because I was uh, I didn't see any hope. Yeah. What was it that you felt hopeless about? Our communication. Okay. We got in the same place. We got, and I was always, every time we get in the same place, it's like, why is this continually coming around? Yeah. Why can't we learn? what? What's the problem here? And, uh, yeah. of course, I always blamed her. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it was me. You know, I had some baggage I brought along. And yeah. And what, what on that 18-hour drive, like, what was, what was going through your head? Absolutely nothing. Just blank. Blank. Mm. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I was zombie. Yeah. Stuff for gas and a coffee, and that was it. I just kept moving. How did you guys, was it a decision, a mutual decision, like, hey, let's go and get some support here? Or? No, I, I left, and I um, I told her that um, I have to do something about this. I, I can't. I can't struggle like this because I'm not going to be around. I'm just not going to stay here. Yeah. I'll get to the next universe somehow. So I'm the one that sought it out. I went to my uh, primary care, which he gave me an inpatient referral. (laughs) And then I started doing some research, and I found you guys. What a blessing. Did Did that surprise you, Jenny, that he was taking the step to maybe go to counseling? Yeah, I think I got to the point where... I mean, I've always been aware that, you know, I have baggage, he has baggage that we both have from our childhood. And um, my baggage has dominated <laughs> for some reason. Well, Chris, I talk, you know, women, we talk. Yeah. I need to talk. Mm-hmm. And so it was like we were always processing me. 
But Lou had a lot of baggage there. And he always did a really good job at making it show, you know, it seemed like he's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. He's got it together. Yeah. He's all good. I'm the one that's got more yeah. stuff. And then, yeah, it was a task. You yeah. Know, I'm an engineer by trade, and it was a task. I had to fix something. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like... A lot of things that had happened, you know, our estrangement with our daughter and what, you know, as a mother, it was just like torture. It's like, it's, you know, it's like you're losing a part of your body, it's you know. Heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. she had two granddaughters. Yeah. Too, so. And Lou saw my angst and he would kind of get angry about it. And I understand that, but didn't help. Mm. Kind of made it worse. And things just kind of built up. And I kept questioning at this point when we were in Mexico struggling. Maybe I'm just not supposed to be doing this anymore. I really had to stop and ask that question. I wanted peace and joy in my life, and we didn't have any. Mm -hmm. And I stopped and said, well, I've heard that this happens, but I don't know. So, you know, we kind of agreed TV's just would take some time apart. So I stayed in Mexico, and um, Lou came. We, we you know, we touched base, and he, I said, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think, I, I don't know what to do anymore on my end. And he think he, I, he realized he needed to do something on his end. And so, you know, I mean, I love Lou. And so I said, well, you're going to have to find some way of dealing with this. And, you know, I'll stand by you. We'll mm-hmm. see if we can give it a go. So that's what he did. Did you recognize? Wow, because you guys have been married almost 50 years together. And you've gone through all of your developmental stuff together from early adulthood, I mean, late teenage, early adulthood into now middle age, right? Mm-hmm. So, cause you guys- Very have, kind. You, <laughs> so you guys have struggled, right? Over those 50 years, but somehow, like, how did you make sense of like, wow, like we've handled our life together for almost five decades. Like, was it this like little build up, build up over and over. And then when the transitions happened, it was like everything came to the surface, everything that maybe hadn't been connected before, or was it really like the situation at hand, you know, almost 45 years later? We struggled. We always struggled. Okay. Um, But we had a lot of passion. Right. There was love. That's just the one word that holds everything together. And, and, you know, we had um, very passionate sex to rebuild and that just reset the whole situation to start it all over again yeah so we'd be close for a while and then some input would come some you know my my daughter um, stressor yeah we really struggled with our daughter for since she was about 13 yeah um would you say that when you struggled with your daughter that it was the two of you together or just like you guys were struggling internally alone and you didn't know how to support each other around. Yeah. We, okay. we, didn't, we didn't have the tools to support okay. each yeah. other. But we did go to, we did go to counseling. Yeah, I, I did individual and she did individual. And then we, and we did, did family. family yeah. And we did an inpatient for our daughter. And I mean, it, we did the gamut. Yeah. We didn't do couples. You know, yeah. we never did couples. So um, you were trying to, so what's happening for you right now, Jenny? It's Okay. I just, I just think um, it's kind of a sad and good feeling. Um, I'm happy that we've been able to work through everything. Yeah. Because we really do love each other, and um, we enjoy each other's company, and we we don't live this like big lavish life or anything. It's really simple, really. But 
It's beautiful to us yeah. when we are in a good spot. And yet, you know, it's just, it's painful to um, look back, I guess, and, and see some of the tough places we've been. Well, I want to say, first of all, thank you for sharing your story, because I know you're going to touch a lot of hearts. You're touching mine as I just sit here with you. Um, and I think couples or individuals think they're uniquely broken when they can't make things work. And, and there's that story like, but we know we love each other. And it's just so important. Like we're not taught these skills. We are not. We're taught to like defend ourselves mm-hmm. and stay away from like uncomfortable situations. And we know that our partner is like, oh, the person's going to trigger all of our stuff. And if we don't understand our stuff or have skills to even understand what that means, it just gets very confusing. But then just coming in and you guys being able to start reflecting and looking at everything, so powerful, right? Mm. Yeah. So you've, you've been working with, with a therapist here, you're doing couples counseling, it sounds like, for the first time. Mm-hmm. What has the experience been like? Like, you know, what are you guys getting out of it? Oh, a lot. <laughs> we have... well, I was working individually too, which helped. Yeah. And they were back to back, which actually helped oh yeah because it's like right there it's yeah there's no what did we talk about two weeks ago right it's right there and uh and brought that in with our couples session and that i seem to have gained a lot yeah pretty fast and then i had my heels in the dirt because (laughs) i'd been there done that didn't want to go into more therapy for myself i was just like i'm tired Mm-hmm. Just, just want it to be easy. I, I don't want to do any more. And my, I'm willing to do this couple stuff. I want, I'm willing to put all our marriage back together, but I, don't focus on me. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to go there. Yeah. Um, but it became evident to me in our therapy. And I just woke up one night and I said, you know, Jen, you've been through a lot. You deserve this. Yeah. Why struggle? So then I, you know, I've seen someone and it's been, it's been very helpful and the whole thing has um, been real helpful to us, you know. I mean, you're putting yourselves first and your relationship, and we so forget or don't even know how to do that and just look at what's happening because of it. Yeah, that's been really difficult for me in these last five years with so many things going on in the family and with our daughter. And I'm kind of like the person that's always trying to work harder at something yeah. and make it right. And I got to, there must be something I can do. And so I don't focus on me. I don't yeah. focus on us. And Lou's been frustrated by the fact that I haven't put us first. Mm-hmm. And But it's it's part of my child rearing, just the way that I was brought up. It was to be totally giving to everyone else and forget mm-hmm. about yourself. You overfunction mm-hmm. in all these other roles. And you're not able to give yourself that space. Right. I can relate. Mm-hmm. And again, from my own childhood, yes, that's what you do to make sure everything's okay and safe. Mm-hmm. Well, what's okay. beginning to shift? Like, what are you guys integrating from this this work together? Communicating, listening, active listening. Not well. The check-ins have been great. Yeah, the check-ins we, are the check-ins are really good for us. Um, and then we have some tools. When things get a little, you know, a trigger point or something and a little testy and we, ha- we have tools now. We just take a break. I've learned that I don't have to fix everything she's talking about. Oh, that was the big one. That's a huge one. Doesn't yeah. it feel like, oh, yeah. I'm relieved. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do instead? Like if, if that had been your sort of operating system as if something's wrong, try to fix Ginny or the circumstance, what do you do now? Well, I think one of the, the turning points for me was uh, in my individual sessions, uh, we talked about 
how the brain works, you know, that you get this um, issue in your brain or, or a synapse and every input keeps going to that because it's just a learned process that you just keep doing the same dumb things. Mm-hmm. And being an engineer, I guess I could relate to that, that, okay, all these inputs are coming in, going to the same place. I, I need to make some changes. I need to rethink mm-hmm. this and come up with a way to stop it. And um, one of the things I've been trying to do is when she's talking, when Jenny's talking, I try to say, is this something I need to fix or are you just talking? Oh, such a powerful question. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. And what does that open space up for? Um, it, it opens up me to be kinder to myself. That's one of my issues. I, I've been pretty hard on myself. Um, I went through some pretty bad childhood drama. I was, um, I think I was 12 years old. I was in the hospital for six months, uh, spinal fusion, um, in a body cast. <clears throat> I couldn't move. And, uh, you know, I lost schooling. I lost my friends. I lost wow. everything. Um, and when I got back out of the hospital, back into school, it was like I was in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody knew me, and my friends had all moved on. I did really good in school. Now I was failing, and I had some emotional problems that they never addressed. It was like a loss of identity. Mm-hmm. And then around that age, as we know, it's such a time of like confusion already, but also growing and understanding how do I fit in this world. And it sounds like you kind of felt very isolated. Yeah. And it went, it was a drastic shift from being very connected mm-hmm. and feeling good to isolated and in a foreign land. And my parents didn't have the tools to deal with They it. didn't know how to say like, hey, Lou, no. how's this for you? What's going on? Has this been difficult? So you just stuff it all in. Or go to the doctor and say, hey, we need some mental health intervention here. Right. Yeah. And then that just affected sort of a feel like an isolated way of going through life that then Mm. kind of fit into this relationship that if she has all these needs and I don't have to have any needs, I can keep it totally myself. Yeah. So what are you noticing with this insight, these insights he's having and this different way in which he's communicating? What are you noticing about Lou? Um, Vulnerability. He's being vulnerable, much more vulnerable. And, you know, he'll stop and think about things and He's much more in tune with mm. what's going on for him. And, and I know it's hard for him to open up like that. It's difficult. Um, yeah. So used to me doing that, I've always been the focus. And, um, you know, I think this has been huge. He's he's strong and he's intelligent and just always thought that, you know, he had that all in place. I mean, I knew that happened. We've talked about it a little bit, but I had no real... It wasn't until he started doing personal therapy that he realized the damage that was still there. Yeah. Well, and it also sounds like you are really enjoying being able to support Lou. (laughs) Yeah. And that was the thing. That was part of it. It was like, you know, when we were away for a while, it's like, you know, this is so one-sided. It's something's just not right. I see, you know, you want to help me, but, you know, you don't let me help. You don't let me in. You don't let me in. We've worked with a lot of couples yeah. where that's the dynamic. Oh, and, I don't have needs. And yeah. I'm, and then the person that's in your seat starts to feel like, well, then what's my purpose? Like, if I'm not, if I'm the only one getting supported here, well, then what do, what do I do? Right. You know, it's also empowering to help somebody else. It and is. To support somebody it else, is. Because it feels like, oh, this feels good. I'm sturdy. I'm solid. Mm. Exactly. I- For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. 
For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Get everything for your next project today at Menards and save big money. Keep your walls and trim protected while you paint with Scotch Blue Painter's Tape. It's designed for use on multiple surfaces and can be removed easily without leaving residue behind. Say big on Scotch Blue Painter's Tape from Menards. Also, view our weekly flyer on Menards.com and check out all of our great deals happening this week. Save big money at Menards. Relate a lot to your story with our story too in ways where EJ was more avoidant, but I always thought he was like the calm one and I was the like, I called myself high maintenance emotionally because I am. (laughs) And I think he when he started to become more vulnerable, like when we would get into fights, it it would take forever to get to this place where he actually showed emotions. And I'd be like, oh my God, I love you so much more now. Like, Like I loved seeing him actually have emotions and being able to support him in the way he supported me. And it feels so much more connecting to know that like, we both struggle and he's not, I once called him, I know this has been on the podcast before, but like a Buddhist motherfucker. I was so mad at him. I'm like, show me something, please. I need to know that you are a human too. Yeah. And that is where we continue to grow when EJ opens up and he's got the avoidant type because of his own growing up. And so it, it's hard. We still work on it every single day mm-hmm. and it's, it's going to be our life work, but we know how important it is and how good it feels that we get to support each other and that I'm not the identified crazy person in the... <laughs> yeah. well, I was, that was me as well. I was yeah. the identified crazy person, not only in our relationship, <laughs> but in the family, I think. Um, but yeah, you know, Lou, Lou would always, he could busy himself with being an engineer type, you know, he could mm-hmm. go to the garage and find a project. And I always used to say, you know... I need you to come out of the garage. You know, even though he wasn't in the garage, yeah. I felt like he was in the garage. It's like, yeah. well, that was a skill I learned. Um, that's how I survived for six months in the hospital. There you go. Yeah. I mean, he was in a cast from his neck to his knees. Wow. Now I, I've been hospitalized too with an accident for three months and I know how hard it was for me to, yeah. and I had a lot more motion range of motion than he did, but I can't wrap my head around yeah. Being in a cast and not being able to cr- scratch yourself or, yeah. or anything for six months. I just can't even fathom it. Are you like having the experience of sort of finally breaking out of that cast? Yeah. What's that like? It's freeing. Yeah. It, uh, 
I'm finding more joy. I'm starting to kid around and look forward to things. Yeah. That's been a really big thing that we've revisited, which is really nice for me, is um, he has a great sense of humor. <laughs> Sometimes that, I use it to the negative, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But, um, and that's honest. Um, but that's one of the things that I was attracted to is his sense of humor. He made me laugh. Yeah. He made me laugh. Mm. And we lost that. And uh, yeah, we've experienced a lot of that here in our mm. session wow. together. You know, we've been able to laugh again. It's nice. You have to laugh. It's so important. Is it right if I asked you like a direct question about, uh, there's a concept that we go over with couples called acceptance versus resignation. Mm -hmm. I love that. And yeah, that's, it was brought to my attention that that was something that really connected for you. Like, can you help, help us understand? Whenever we'd come up with the same situation, I was always dreadful and, and my way of dealing with it was to just toss it all away, stay away from family, stay away from people who would cause me angst and uh, avoidance. And and I always felt like it's never going to change. I can't change this. It's the way it's going to be. And it, that kind of dread just zapped everything out of my body. I just felt hopeless, helpless. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just awful. And then when I started working with Teresa and uh, Aaron, um, Aaron is the one who brought that up about acceptance and yeah. it's like a yeah. Re- resignation yeah he had Resign- re- you resigned to it wasn't ever going to change yeah and we feel so disempowered when we're in that place of resignation which then you like you lost all feelings mm. of joy and connection yeah. but we didn't know it until we came here yeah we didn't know it we didn't know. know there what was- hit it a lot for me was work i got a lot of um a lot of benefit out of work you know it was uh, rewarding uh technical my purpose, you know, like I got a lot of purpose out of work. Mm-hmm. As soon as that ended, it was like, oh boy. Yeah. Now what? Now what? Yeah, we do. We that is definitely a time in life where we see a lot of couples struggle is uh, is after retirement because they have all this structure. Men have a lot of like that. That's their where they feel powerful, mm-hmm. where they feel confident, and then all of a sudden it's two people sitting in front of each other with a lot of space, and it's like, what the heck do we do with it now? You have to understand we were in a 30-foot RV. <laughs> there, there wasn't a lot yeah, of space. Wasn't. I was just going to say, but in an RV. <laughs> so what have you accepted? I accept that um, with our daughter, um, it is the way it is right now. You know, hopefully in the future that we can reconnect. Um, there has to be movement on her side for us to go forward. And uh, she's got her hands full. That's That's been a huge one because Lou wanted to kind of avoid, he just seemed like there was no impact. There was no way of breaking in or trying to get things to change. And it kind of made him angry that it came between our relationship so much, you know, that, that issue. And um, Well, Jenny used to think that um, when I said, you know, I'm going to back away from Angela, that I never want her in my life. You know, it was her fear that oh my God, he's going to cut just cut her out completely. And I, I've never felt that way. I just got to the desperate position that I can't deal with things the way it is. And I've told her, I want the whole cake. I don't want the crumbs. Mm, yeah. I want the whole thing. So I think we've we both accepted that, you know, for me as a mother, us as parents, you know, that we um, we had always good intentions. You know, our intentions were always good for, for Angela and tried to, you know, be there for her. 
But we've accepted that, you know, her life is her life and, and her experience is her experience. And, you know, we've both been through bumps with our parents as well. So, yeah, so we see things in a different way. And does that allow room for feeling like we're on the same page with this? We're yes. connected uh, instead yes. of we're adversaries? Absolutely. Well, and when you were talking, because I have goosebumps, like you guys went from this place of like this fear and no control to like, we're in this together and we're going to accept that it's still awful. It's still uncomfortable. We wish we had a different type mm -hmm. of relationship right now, but that fear bomb is not there anymore. It's still uncomfortable, right? It's still difficult. It's, but... it's, it is. And it comes like a wave, you know, for me. I mean, for the most part, you know, we, we have our plans and we know what we're doing and we, we know what we enjoy and, and we're trying to move forward. And with that and um but you know it's a wave it's a wave that comes over me i'll wake up in the middle of the night and something you know, will trigger it you know yeah. i miss her well that's grief right i mean grief grief there's no end point it's mm. just it's right. just uh it's a process yeah and that's kind of what i yeah that's that was actually what woke me up that night when i realized i needed to see somebody myself was how much grief i'd been through in my life yeah. and it is i guess it's it's like you want to have it done. You, it's like you want to finish a book. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to complete something. It doesn't. It's never going to end. Yeah. It's just always. It's hopefully you have tools so you can. And that's what I'm learning. You have yeah. tools and different ways of looking at things um, to change what's going on in in your mind about yourself or a situation. And it, that's what helps is yeah. is having because you're there less time and it's yeah. less painful. Well, and the experience now that you guys get to support each other mm. in both of your grief instead of feel alone in it. Mm -hmm. And then where you used to feel powerless when you would see Ginny because you couldn't fix it, which then would only reinforce your avoidance and like wanting to get out. And so, oh, this yeah. is just like, it's magical work that you two are doing. Yes, I know we have the therapist here to help facilitate that, but this couldn't happen mm -hmm. if it wasn't for you guys really wanting to look at that for yourselves and each other. Well, it's interesting. Like, grief is really an expression of love, mm -hmm. and so if you know, this happens a lot with couples where they're they're both grieving, but they're grieving very separately from one another in very different ways. So, if they can't connect about their grief and their sadness, then they can't connect about the love that they have for the individual, and then that's really sad, right? Because it's like you know, we wouldn't be so sad. We wouldn't be so suffering so deeply if we didn't care about this person. And now we have to be able to talk about that. We have to talk about the fact that we just miss this person. Mm. You yeah. know? And we're always gonna be a little incongruent in where mm -hmm. we're at in that process or when it triggers us. Mm -hmm. and, and if we're not grieving and then we see our partner grieving, we're like, stop that, stop grieving because yeah. I, I'm actually okay right now. Yeah, you know. And so it's, it's just a wicked, cycle you can get trapped in. Yeah, and I and I was trapped in, you know, like poor me, kind of what did I do and failure and all those things and <clears throat> I don't see it that way anymore. Now I, you know, I want the best for my daughter and her family and you know, if I accepted the fact that, you know, it it is what it is it right is now. It, is, it right is, now. is what it is right now, but I, you know, I only have good loving wishes for her and her family. Yeah. I, you know, I do. One of my issues was um I had to s swallow all of my feelings because Ginny would be struggling and I'm there, oh my God, if we're both in the same place, what the heck is gonna happen? Yeah. So I always choked it down. I always denied it, put it aside. 
It's interesting, though, how that uh, dynamic works, right? Is like, oh, she's suffering so much, so I, I can't. But in reality, there's the other part of like, I don't want to. So it's actually pretty convenient that you that was hold my, all that space. That was my yeah. shtick was uh, yeah. avoidance. Yeah, we're so good at, you know, and that's the thing like I'm constantly working on is like, when am I actually being true to myself? And mm. when am I BSing myself, mm. you know? And it's a fine line. It's really hard to figure that out. Yeah. And my generation was like, men don't cry. You know, men don't have issues. Uh, you're, you're, you're the breadwinner. You're the mm -hmm. yeah. strength of the family. And so, you know, that was that dynamic to have to go through too. Yeah. Yeah. If I show emotion, then yeah, I'm less who's going to be the one and who's going to be the one to keep this whole freaking thing held yeah, together, right. you know? Right. And now there's this thing that we're learning about creating emotional safety together. It's been great. <laughs> yeah, it has. It's... You know, we still we still have a little trigger points. But oh we, yeah, you know, but um, <laughs> I don't think those entirely go. No, away. they don't ever go away. But well, that's um, the one thing I've learned about therapy is that I went thinking that oh, this guy's going to cure me. No, you know, I'm not going to have these feelings anymore. Yeah, darn it, it didn't work. And then a, a year after, you know, a year into it, it's like oh, I'm still feeling the same the same stuff still coming around. I, you know, I'm done with this. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't work. They didn't do the deep dive. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, to set a context, because we, we're kind of hoping we do this podcast with you today. And then I know you guys are, are going on a, you're snowbirds, right? Yep. So you guys, you guys are going to go away for a little bit and come back. So you're also pausing your, your therapy for a little bit, right? Unless we need somebody. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll do um, something, Zoom or something. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you guys needed. are right in the middle of the relationship mm -hmm. renovation process, right. which yes. is, is a great place to be. But then like the second half of it is that whole reinforcing a new story mm -hmm. and seeing right. all the changes. Yeah. And so, yeah, having you guys on once you finish like our last session, it's called Old Story, New Story, but it's really like, here's where we were, here's where we are now. And it's just mm -hmm. a solidified change, right? Because we, that's one of the reasons why EJ and I created this program. Like we didn't want it to be a Band-Aid. We wanted it to be a forever shift. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of work, as you know, right? Takes time, but amazing things happen because of it. And, and one of the things I'm feeling from just where you guys have started into where you're at now is just this like, it's like a heaviness is gone and there's space for the two of you to exist, both individually and as a couple. And that feeling of like responsibility or over-functioning fear like that is definitely lighter. That's what mm -hmm. it feels like. Yeah. So as you guys jump back in your RV, your 18-foot RV again, yeah. what are the key points for you guys? Like, hey, this is what I'm, <laughs> this is what I'm taking in the RV with me on this uh, next three months. Six months. Actually, it's six. Yeah. Six we, months. We're doing, Colorado, right? Yeah, we have a oh, camp beautiful. hosting position that we're looking oh, forward sweet. to it. Yeah, it's fun. Um, well, I've got a lot of tools uh, now to take with me. Um, the check-ins are great. The check-ins, morning and evening. They we're just... We're going to keep... Keep doing doing that. I mean, honestly, there have been some evenings that we just, it, we've gotten busy in our day, and so we haven't been able to do the evening, but we, we typically always do a morning. Yeah, we did it on the car on the way over. Because yeah, so oh, we just had to leave. You know, so it's just a really good way of, you know, getting a pulse on. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's amazing when we've done this. Some, some mornings, I think, I, I don't know if you've surprised me as to where you are, and I know I think I have you as well. And yeah. so... It's a, it's been a really good experience. So I think that's huge. Also, the um, 
just trying to be more, this is what I need. And one to disconnect appropriately Mm -hmm. instead of storming out of the house, getting in the car and leaving. It's like, let's take a break. Let's come back. How to ask for space Mm -hmm. instead of just demand it or Mm -hmm. commandeer Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Did you guys do a code word? Yes. Yes. What is your code word? You don't have to share it. It's okay. It's crow. 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 I love that. You know how we got to that? We had this huge raven in our yard when we were sitting at the dining room table saying, well, we need to come up with a code word. And it's like... We've never seen one there before. It's like We have a bunch of hummingbirds, but we've never seen a crow. (laughs) It was actually a raven, but we didn't want to say raven. Too many syllables. Crows are very quick. It sounds like... What I'm hearing, so the emotional check-ins are making you guys be more attuned with each other and yourselves. And then having these skills, like the code word or just what I need, feels like it's not reinforcing that old Mm. thing that kept getting tapped Mm. into that was like, this is not sustainable anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's really like, it sounds so like easy, but it's not. No, no. It's, it's not. No. Because I mean, our nervous system is so mm. wired to react in such a way because we've done it so many times and that mm-hmm. you guys are taking those skills and really, again, seven out of 10 times, right? I, I still lose my shit. Yeah. I still call code word in not a kind way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think re- one time I had the, like, same, the code word and plug my ears at the same time because she was like, no, we're not code word in this one. We're, we're, moving, we're moving forward. <laughs> I don't care about your code word in this moment, buddy. <laughs> well, it's very telling for me in the um, check-ins is we're not always in the same place. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. Where that used to be scary yeah. for him particularly. Yeah. yeah. Because if you're not in the same place and you can't fix it for her to be in the same place as you, then you're a failure, yep. which then just takes you back to all of that pain and grief when you mm-hmm. lost that identity and so much here. So it's amazing good. just how we carry. I mean, we, you know, here we are, I'm I'm 50 and then I'm confronted with my, with my nine-year-old, you know, it's just like, it's just a bizarre thing how, mm-hmm. how we are those little people still. And those things affect us so deeply. And we want to pretend like it doesn't. And it's it just, does. it's a bad recipe for yeah. a good relationship and, mm-hmm. a, and a happy life. It is. And unfortunately, our stuff, I think, really affected our daughter, you know? Yeah. You know, we had baggage coming into our relationship and yeah. our, our daughter was anorexic. Mm-hmm. Which one of the scariest things I've ever done? Oh, yeah. DJ and I used to um, specialize in anorexia and bulimia. We worked at a eating disorder yeah. facility. It's how we met. It's a actually. terrifying thing to, to see your kids. Oh, uh, we were in Florida. She was a very good basketball player. And we were in Florida at a traveling team with a traveling team, and this kid was uh, skin and bones. Yeah, she had no energy, and here we are driving around Florida looking for some place to get her some nourishment. And we'd go in a Chinese restaurant because she wanted white rice. <clears throat> so, okay, well, rice is cool. It'd give you a little bit of energy, carbs. She, she'd get the bowl and there'd be a little film on there. She'd say, oh, that's got grease on it. I can't eat it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just, it was and a we were very... driving around for an hour trying to find this kid something to eat. It was, it was just... That is really... I mean, she's an amazing mother Yeah, she's person. good. Person. Yeah. Uh, professional life, you know, she really is strong. Yeah. Well, and I just, I used to do parent groups of their kids who were struggling with eating disorders because you don't, you have no idea. And, and like, I think parents want to become food police and because they're so afraid yeah. of like something bad happening. And, and it's so hard to not 
because you can't do that because that actually makes things worse. But you're just caring yeah. that your daughter stays alive. And so it, I'm just, I've got to say, it's one of the most complex disorders and that you guys had to deal with that together. Like, you it, know, we had, we went to, we went to um, counseling, gone, you know, yeah. we had group sessions with families and we had, you know, family stuff. We tried everything we could to help her through that period. It, it, it didn't, she didn't come out on the other end so great at, at that time, but She's yeah. so independent and strong and in so many ways that she she brought herself through it all. Yeah. She's done an amazing job. She's a wonderful incredible. mother. Yeah. Um, and I know she's an amazing wife. Um, yeah. She quit school at 16 and uh, moved to a big city and ended up getting her high school diploma. And then she ended up going to college and getting her PhD. Wow. I mean, she's just wow. a resilient quite person. a journey. Resilient person. Yeah, she has an amazing story. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you guys so much for being willing to come in here and, and share your story. I mean, uh, I know that, you know, because we get so many emails and, and uh, you know, messages that when people hear things like this, it normalizes their struggles because like, Tara said it earlier a little bit, you know, we, we kind of all think we're uniquely broken right. and that everybody else is okay and we're the only ones who's, who's, who's struggling as deeply. Right. And whenever people hear this, they're like, oh, you know, there's a piece of it that they relate to or, or in just a general sense, they're like, wow, you know, like, yeah, other people get to that place of hopelessness, you know, been together a long time and then have a breakthrough. Mm. You know, and it sounds like that's what you guys have experienced in in this last six months is mm. is something has clicked in, and it's shifting the way you guys connect as a couple, the, your own personal development, and you know, in some ways, even all your relationship with your daughter. That that even though you know she's where she is and you are where you are, you know, it's a system. And if you shift your yeah. thinking around yeah. it and your right. eventually your actions around it, the system changes. We just don't know how it shifts. Right. You know, we have to be patient, we have to trust, and mm. we have to, you know, do the acceptance mm. versus recognizing I accept this is where it's at. But I do have power to realign my thoughts, my feelings, my behaviors around it. Right. And then see how it plays out. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not spring chickens. <laughs> You know, we just aren't, and it's like you know, you stop and say, "What? Why are we going through this now?" You know, and it, yeah. at one point, it was just easier for me to think, "Well, maybe it's just time for me to be by myself." And you know, yeah. I and I didn't like that thought. Yeah. It, you know, talk about fear. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're throwing away fifty years of my training on you, and <laughs> <laughs> but how amazing to people listening! Like it is never too late. Fifty no. years, no. and no. you guys are like, let's freaking. Do this daring yep. path together. Holy gosh. You know, it's kind of like it was just meant to be, I think. I yeah. I think it's, it's, you know, love is a powerful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I feel very honored to have shared this space and your story with us. So thank you. Yeah. And I'm very grateful that you are here and trusting us in this process. And Teresa and Aaron, who are, it sounds like they're doing awesome work with you guys. Yeah, and yeah. Elaine as well. Yeah. Oh, and Elaine. Yeah, yeah. Elaine, yeah, yeah. she's wonderful. Yeah, and just walking in here, I just fell in love. I just felt immediately at home. Oh. I felt like a blanket. It wasn't clinical. Oh, I love, I know <laughs> yeah. this was my, yes, I'm very like, it's got to feel, because mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard. And when couples come in, it's so scary. And 
Like the more comfortable an environment you can have that feels like a warm blanket. Thank you for saying that. I feel so happy. Well, and those of you listening, I mean, you know, there's hope, but sometimes we need a process to go through in order to understand things more deeply and gain some using that insight, but also coupling it with some tools that help you stay regulated in very difficult moments. And, you know, if you're in your community, we encourage people, you know, look for a solid couples counselor. If you're in Tucson, you know, check us out, Relationship Renovation. And if you just need some structure and maybe you're, you're not ready for therapy yet, we have a, a Relationship Renovation at home program and there's a link to it in the notes. And it has very much the same structured approach. It has a lot of these same concepts. You can watch videos, you can download the lessons, you can do them with your partner. And it's, you know, it might just be a game changer or it might be just an entry point to beginning your work because a lot mm-hmm. of times this work goes on for, you know, it goes on for a while and it's it's built upon each other. But we yes. encourage whatever you're doing out there, if you're in that place of struggling, of despair, take a step to making a shift because, I mean, you know, Lou and Jenny can say it's, it's, it's worth it. Definitely. Well, thank you for being here today. And as always, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Your relationship deserves it. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Are the same, me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get everything for your next project today at Menards and save big money. Keep your walls and trim protected while you paint with Scotch Blue Painter's Tape. It's designed for use on multiple surfaces and can be removed easily without leaving residue behind. Save big on Scotch Blue Painter's Tape from Menards. Also, view our weekly flyer on Menards.com and check out all of our great deals happening this week. Save big money at Menards.